I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Friday Views brought to you by Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm joined today by my lovely co-host on Dishes and Dimes, Sandy. Sandra, what is up? Hey, y'all. Um, the Raptors beat the Cavs. That's what's up. <laughs> they are, at best, I mean, at worst, a play-in team. They have clinched, at the very least, a play-in spot. And tonight, with a win against the Cavs, they've really kind of pushed for even that six seed. So, Maybe even five if the Bulls keep oh. sliding. So... oh. It's a, uh, it's a good night for the Raptors fans, for sure. It is. And I know people are talking about who they'd like to see in the first round and who they would like to avoid in certain spots. Getting that five seed would be quite nice. Um, but it's still far too early for any of that. Because if I hear one more person talk about the Celtics, let me tell you, you guys are manifesting it. We're going to get it. The more you talk about not wanting it, it's going to come. And I'm going to hate every second of it. So um, we're going to ignore Fred VanVleet's shoes in the first half. Um, because hey, Mon, I'm worried about Fred. I'm really worried about Fred. Like, I'm, I'm thank you for saying that. So, worried. so, so uh, two weeks ago, things were really bad here in the Raptors world, right? Like yeah. you were losing to the Pistons and the Magic and I had Katie on and I wanted to be optimistic. So yeah. we spent time talking about the development of guys. Yeah. Um, and what they can work on next year. Then last week, things were great. Raptors were rolling. You know, mm-hmm. you have that West Coast road trip. You're winning all these sorts of games. And I had us as I had us at on, and we talked about um, progress that has already been made this season because we were feeling all happy. So it was great to focus right. on the positives. Now yeah. I've got you on, and this week has been we've got some some bad losses in there. Ups and downs, yeah. And you've got some you've got some great wins in there too. So it's a little yeah. bit more fluid. So I thought we would play a game that could focus on some things we're worried about and some things that maybe is a little bit overblown. We're not worried about. Okay. All right. All and right. you did mention it. <laughs> I did want to talk about Fred Van Vliet, but before we even get to that, I want to talk about someone that I'm sure you're not very worried with, and that is Pascal Siakam and his just stellar play. So tonight against the Cavs, he had 35 points, six assists, five boards, 60% field goal percentage, um, and was six of seven from deep. Just an insane game from Siakam. What are your thoughts? If that three is back, the league's in trouble, right? Because that's the only thing that was pretty much missing from his 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 last the last the couple of weeks. The bag is not really hitting. But if those threes are back, I'm I'm worried for the rest of the league. Like Pascal has something to prove. I I feel like I don't think he's playing with a chip on his shoulder, but I do think he feels undervalued and underappreciated, and he's proving why he deserved. Um, the all-star nod that he got, you know, in that in that year that he got it. And 
why he deserved it this year and why he deserves an all NBA spot. Like he's just any doubts or questions you might have had about Pascal, he's shut them all down. <laughs> Literally. No, entirely. And I, I I'm completely with you. And in Pascal Siakam's all NBA season, he had that pull-up three. He was taking threes off the dribble. And then yeah. last season we saw catch and shoot was at like cratered and yeah, it was really plummeted. bad. And now we're seeing we're seeing it sort of come back, especially by catching through shoot three. And it's going to be so important for him to have that playing with this all six, nine lineup that has so li- such limited spacing. So limited. Yeah. And I know this is kind of focusing in on the off season, but I think people forget that Pascal hasn't had a real summer in a very long time. That's a good point. He, he You're right. injured. There was the bubble. Right. Uh, and then even the championship season, that was his last real summer. And that's a shortened summer anyway, because you are the last team standing. So right. he hasn't had a full summer. And as Raptor fans, we've seen it with DeMar DeRozan. We've seen what summers can do for a guy yeah. developing another element of his game. And I'm excited for what Pascal Siakam can do this summer and bring it into next year. So hopefully he stays healthy, knocking on all kinds of wood. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please, like, please Lord. Um, so because I, I'm with you. Now, you did talk about the All-NBA spot. I hate to say went through what? it I went through it and I just don't know if he, he has to make third team like I'm not expecting him to make first or second but I think so he here's why to make- here's why I think if the positions were very linear if it was yeah. this person is a center this person is a forward this person is a guard and if you are that position you have to make the team that way that's the case I think he has a shot at 13. I think, I think you can make it there. The problem yeah. is, in order to get both Jokic and Embiid on the first team, like they're going to want to do, yeah, that's taking away one forward spot because yeah. both of those guys are centers. So now you're down one forward spot. Also, <laughs> in trying to fit in, so then you also have to counter uh, LeBron and, and Kevin Durant are also two guaranteed forwards. So now you're down okay. three forward spots. Um, going through it, Luca. They're going to put him at the forward spot as well. You can say he's a guard. I think he's going to come in in the forward spot. It's just all of these guys that maybe play a different position, play center and beats us. Jokic, play, you know, a more guard position, a guy with the ball in his hands at all times. Although, yeah, you could say Luca's a forward. They, these are guys that are going to take the forward spots. And that's going to make things very, uh, very dicey for Pascal yeah. Siakam to get in. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a good point. And I think that argument calls into question why they don't just pick the best players regardless of the position and just and just have you know just choose the best players in the league that's it I don't know why you have to force these positions these positions it doesn't and also because the Raptors don't have a center if you actually go to basketball reference and you filter through how many games or possessions or whatever Pascal's actually playing the five he should technically qualify as a five it's just right the season that way and he's not going to make it that way he's no. got to make it in as a forward and so things are dicey but I do think he has a really really good shot at it still um and if he continues this play this is undeniable I don't know how yeah, no. people can ignore what he's doing right now um but it'll it'll be tight yeah but I I think Man, if he could continues playing like this, there's no way you can leave him off the list. Like, there's just no way. Like, somebody's gonna have to be booted off because you can't Move leave over. Pascal off the list when he's when he's playing like this. And I hope 
those watching who actually have a vote, you know, are paying attention to the Raptors because the Raptors are, are playing really well. And it's because Pascal's leading the team. So, um, yeah, he deserves it. Give it to Pascal. I agree. I, I hope I hope that he makes it there. And also, like, even beyond the awards, because, you know, as Raptor fans, we recognize that it's not always a thing that Raptors are going to be credited with. Um, but still, this team is just I can't not watch them and be excited for what they can become. Um, yeah. Scotty's Scotty's emergence and Pascal playing at this elite level. The fact that we can get both of these guys hopefully at like the tip top, you know what I mean? Like, yet, yeah. you know, where one is not necessarily developing, although yeah, he'll continue to develop. Both of them are developing, you know, Pascal's about to be 28 and still we're talking about his development. Um, yeah. But seeing both of those guys just at their best together is going to be uh, really insane for years to come. Yeah. I, I think today's game kind of emphasized to me that there's one, there's still some growth, um that Pascal is kind of like I kind of at the beginning of the season I'm going to be honest I thought there was kind of a cap um in terms of Pascal's growth like we'd seen him not necessarily at his best I did think that there was another step but I think in terms of his skills and what he was going to you know continue to work on I think I felt like we'd seen kind of what he was willing to kind of work on and he'd add little things like a little bit of passing here and there but I didn't necessarily think it would become such a like integral part of his game like his playmaking today was I was shook a little bit because I was just like this is not like Pascal's trajectory is just crazy I say all the time I don't think we've seen a player with this kind of trajectory in the NBA like ever right whatever ceiling people put on him break it and he breaks it Every single time. There's no point in putting a ceiling on a guy like Siakam. And and for that, there's no point in putting a ceiling on a guy like Scotty. We just don't. This and Precious and OG and Fred. Like going through it, like Fred's trajectory. Like think about a guy who's undrafted, who like, isn't he getting paid more than any undrafted player in the history of undrafted players? He's an all-star and all-NBA caliber guard. Uh, You know, he's like six feet on a good day and still just one of the best defenders on this team and in the league period, the trajectory for all of these Raptors just feels a little, it doesn't make sense, but once they put it all together, scary hours, scary hours, but you know what? They're not there yet. They haven't put it all together yet. So there are some things that maybe you are going to be a little worried about. And I did want to talk about them. So let's start off with Fred Van Vliet. Because in order for this team to be at their best, they need Fred Van Vliet to be at, at his, his best. best. Yeah. Um, he is the heart and soul of the team. I think he's really sort of taken over that Kyle Lowry mantle of being that guy. Yeah. Uh, how worried about are you about him and his health heading into uh, potentially the postseason? I mean, what, we have seven, how many games left in the season? Seven, eight games left in the season about? Yeah, somewhere around and 10. Yeah. he does not look like himself. Um, The threes aren't really going down. He can't really get past anyone. He's just a step slower on defense than he usually is. Like, I just... (laughs) And we need Fred. Like, as exciting as it is in the regular season, um, when it comes down to the playoffs and you need 
one, that leader that's going to kind of like hit the crazy shots when you need to, that person who's going to be the closer when you need them to be, that's Fred. Um, And if he's unable to do it because he has physical limitations, I'm very worried for what's going to happen when the team can't make a shot, which you know is going to happen because we don't have a lot of shooters on this team. Um, And Fred's not hitting his shots because he's injured. Do you think it's just a matter of rest? I hope so. I, I, I'm, I, that's what I'm hoping for. But I think, you know, just watching him, I just, I, he just doesn't look like himself. And um, we don't, I don't know that there's enough time left in the regular season to be like, okay, yeah, like, let's just rest him and see where it goes. We don't have to, he has to be ready for the playoffs or we're, I, I mean, yeah, because the Raptors are not just, it's not just about getting him ready for the playoffs. It's about fighting for hopefully getting a playoff spot. Yeah. Right. And so like, I understand that like the idea of resting him, it's just like, well, if you rest him, you might lose some of these games that are kind yeah. of must win territory. I'm with you on that. Um, hopefully Fred, Fred can get healthy. I am a little bit worried with you as well. I think so if I, if you could rank it on a scale of one to 10, what is your worry meter? like a seven and a half maybe an eight Ooh, yeah okay I just I think one thing that Fred's been able to do this season that I think he's going to have trouble if he's not healthy is getting into the paint and you know that was something he couldn't do and he's he's added to his game but like if he's injured there's he can't he won't be able to get past anyone he just won't um and if this small guy on the floor isn't able to hit his long range shots and he's not able to get in the paint. Um, and he's a step slow on defense because he's injured. Uh, that's a lot of shooting that we're going to, to be, and a lot of defense, to be honest, that we're also going to be missing. So I'm, I'm worried. I'm hoping that it's not as bad and he's just, he's a little rusty and he has the Kyle syndrome where it takes him a couple days, a couple games to kind of get back in the groove of things. If that's the case. Okay. Like, cool. Mm -hmm. You know, show, show, show your game in the, in the playoffs. We don't need you to act up in the regular season. It's fine. Um, But if it's a little bit more serious than that, then that puts a ceiling on what the Raptors can do. If Fred's seriously injured, um, it's it's looking a little shaky it is yeah I'm I mean I'm definitely worried that he's injured I agree with you I think you know Fred's ability like you said to get in the paint whether it be him barreling his body in there or getting in there for a driving kick to open up some of that space for the Raptors I completely agree with you on that also when he doesn't have his legs there that shot is often quite short Uh, you know we've talked a lot about that rainbow arc from Fred Van Vliet in order for him to get his shot off Um, and when he doesn't have legs it looks a little short and and that's going to be a problem I'm with you on that. I think, I think where I just sort of come to with this season is I rec- like, I keep calling it a developmental year. Yeah. So to me, it's like, I don't know that I think the Raptors are like, I don't believe the Raptors are going to make a deep run this season. I think the Raptors should be looking to make a deep run next season, right? Like I don't right. want to be the Atlanta Hawks. I don't want to make the conference finals and then be a 10 seed the next year. Right. So it's like hopefully getting a good break and getting a good matchup and all that other stuff. Like if you're not going to win championship, who cares about that? It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's about development. So on the one hand, I'm like next season 
is kind of where I'm circling, right? Like next season, I can see the Raptors being in that Celtics tier. And, you know, Celtics are un- uh, unstoppable right now. And I, I think, you know, if the Raptors get more depth, which is what they have uh, and just are healthy, the Celtics have been incredibly healthy this season. I mean, yeah. like, at least towards the end of the year, once they started to get rolling. Um, so hopefully next season, I can sort of see the Raptors on that trajectory. But for this year, to me, it's more so about development. So although I would love for Fred to be healthy, to see what he looks like as the main guy in that role as the leader of the team, because he hasn't had a playoffs where he's had to be that, I can recognize like, even if he isn't at his best this season, maybe that's not the worst thing. Maybe we get to see some more, you know, Scotty playmaking. Maybe we get to see other people and maybe, you know, if it's surgery that he needs in the off season, I hope it's not, but you know, whatever it is he needs in the off season, I hope that he comes back next year healthy. Although I am, I am with you that I am worried that he won't be at a hundred percent heading into the playoffs, but I do believe if we get Fred at least 90% and above, then I think this team is pretty good. Be Okay. Yeah. So my Fred concern level is five because I'm hoping that he can get to that 90% level. Okay. Makes sense. Um, next is someone else who's been fairly injured. We got to see him come back tonight. I mm-hmm. was thrilled watching him just take every single three-point shot he had available to him. OG and Fred just need to shoot more. Gary is yeah. Any shot you have, just take, take I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. Just, just take it. Um, what are your thoughts on um, OG Ananobi? What's your concern level for his health heading into the playoffs? He didn't look too bad today, but maybe it's just like me being overly optimistic. Um, but I just felt like, okay, he doesn't, he doesn't, I was expecting him to be a little slow, move a little awkwardly, maybe not, not have, um, much in his shot, but he, he seemed pretty good. I'm, I was not shy. Yeah, at all. He was, he was ready to get in rhythm immediately. (laughs) So, uh, that's a good side too. Um, I'm, I just hope it's not one of those, um, injuries that kind of flare up. constantly that's maybe what my worry is just because he played through it when he got initially got the injury and then nurse you know he was supposed to come back but he didn't come back because he didn't he didn't realize that the injury was as bad as it was like those kind of injuries can linger and I hope it's not one of those but for the most part he looked he looked really great and I think he made a point to show that all the people who want to get rid of OG um, you're ridiculous. He's one of the only people who could actually shoot on our team. Like, why would you want to, like, a consistent, like, 18 um, Your best post player. player. Your best post player. The strongest defense. guy on your like, team when you are already undersized and need to go up against fives. And the only one from the 6'8 brigade that can shoot the three. These guys don't grow on trees. And he's on one of the best co- team-friendly contracts in the league. And you want to give him up for my whole thing is like, you want to give OG up for who? My favorite thing was I was tweeting uh, just sort of in response to that, just like a general tweet. And I had like yeah. three or four people from different fan bases, like almost immediately be like, I'll take him. I'll take him. I'll, I'll take, take him. him. And it's just like, Duh. <laughs> Duh. 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 He's hard to come by. Like, do you see that defense? Like even if he the didn't, size, didn't a single the shot, strength, the, the shooting, defense. the versatility on defense the as versatility. well. Like, and, and like, it's and like he's the, he's the team's best post player. He's one of the team's most uh, of you know best three point shooters. He is uh, incredibly versatile on defense and is the team's best defender. Is the team's anchor on the defensive end. And we saw at the beginning of the season that he can 
handle the ball and create for himself. And like as your tertiary option, when you have so much attention being given to other guys, why would you want to give that up? And he's only like 24. Something like that. <laughs> like, and my whole thing is like, imagine OG Can- and Precious. Okay. Like so much fun. Take in that, like just the defense alone. Like just take in what, what it, that- I think. I think what it is, it's a lot of the same. It's because of Precious, right? So I think what's yeah. happened is sometimes when you see one guy shine in a role, it makes someone else look expendable. Yeah. When, let me tell you something, the answer is get as many of them as possible. Like, That's clearly what they're as doing, right? many as you right. possibly can. There's no way. It's like, you know, when people are like, oh, Scotty's here, so you don't need Pascal Siakam. No. What? <laughs> also, like, what makes you think that the team that traded for Thaddeus Young at the deadline is thinking to themselves, I have too many big forwards that play D and can, like, can kind of shoot the three. Like, what makes you think this team is thinking they have too many of the OG archetypes? No, they want more. This they is the more. team of the future, and they're going to be so incredibly good. Love. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Of OG Ananobi. And for me, I would say, oh, sorry, did you give us a number for um, how worried you are for him? I'm not a four. Like I'm, you know, like there is naturally a little bit of a worry with OG because he just has bad luck. Yeah. Um, he just has really bad luck. Uh, yeah. But I'm not, I think, I think he'll be okay. And if he is okay, um, the floor of the team is is much higher. So I think I'm also at a five. I think yeah. just like with Fred, I'm also going to be at a five. And that's because what you just said, I do think that like he has proven to be injury prone. Yeah. Um, and at least at some point, that's just got to be something that said like, you know. Um, and so I hope and it looks if his shot isn't falling, if he's not comfortable in it, I think it's going to really hurt the team. Uh, especially if Fred Van Vliet is injured. So it's almost like if one of them, if I'm more worried about the other one, they're going to 
bringing the other person down, right? right. <laughs> like it's, I'm, yeah. I'm grading on a curve. I'm grading on a curve. Right. But okay, um, yes, yeah, so I'm going to give them both fives. I'm like kind of worried, but also just looking forward to to how they stack up against the top teams in the league. Now, yeah. something else <laughs> has no come fun. out. Uh, was, and Eric Kareem tweeted about it the other day about the Raptors record at home specifically at home in front of a crowd. The Raptors are um, a, like a 500 team right now at home, but those numbers when they're in front of a crowd just go boom. And yeah. they haven't been able to win very many. Now, tonight was an exception. They were able to do it. But how worried are you about this? Do you think it's just a fluke? Or do you think there's something in these numbers that say the Raptors are kind of shaky? I think there's something in the numbers and I think it actually has to do with Tampa. You know, they spent a whole season not in front of a crowd. They spent the majority of this season, not in front of a crowd at home. Um, And so they've gotten used to playing not in front of a crowd. And then you expect them to win when there is a very crazy crowd. Um, I, I'm a little worried about it. Actually, they've been at a, unfair disadvantage for the last two years yeah I think Tampa's just really kind of affected and changed the way that they play and what they're used to um COVID restrictions have kind of changed the way that they play and what they're used to um and I think it's going to take them a little bit of time to readjust um on a scale of one to ten what would you give it your worry meter maybe a six a six because if they do happen to be a playing team Mm -hmm. those games are going to be at home yeah (laughs) if they happen to be a playoff team games start off on the road so maybe maybe that helps you out a little bit but if they're a playing team the games will be happening at home now it's so interesting to me like what i'm trying to think like what is the reverse should raptor fans just boo because they played so well on the road so it's like, yeah, maybe. Do we, no, I don't mean boo is in like hate that. No, I mean like, do we just do the reverse? Is does there need to be like some <laughs> just reverse psychology, them? like jinx, like a reverse <laughs> jinxing happening? That's so because they play Gary Trent Jr. I was listening to the Lakers broadcast and they were like, well, you know what? He doesn't shoot very well at home, just on the road, and like because they played the Lakers yeah. in Los Angeles and then ended up playing them back in Toronto, yeah. and and I'm like actually looking at the numbers okay I didn't realize how stark it was um but uh but like so what's the reverse do you just pull a reverse psychology on everybody you might just need to do it but I think honestly it might be good because if say well they're gonna they're not gonna they're not they're gonna start off on the road but Unless you know, it's a play-in. You get, you get, you get if the it's first, a play-in scenario, first, that's... Yeah, I mean, but I do not want the play-in with the Nets at home when they can't... Pl- no, no, ma'am. No, 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 no. Okay, Do whatever I was going to ask you about that. that How, succeed. No. Are the Nets the team that you're the most scared yes. of? Yes, 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 yes. Katie, first of all, I think I feel like Katie's very petty, Right. And mm. points will have to be made. And he's going to do it in front of a home crowd. I think that's he like the perfect setup for a KD to disrespect us. And he will do it. And then Kyrie can play now. He could play. Um, Not in Canada. 
He can't play away games anymore. He can't play. He if he comes into Canada, rules haven't changed. He still needs to quarantine for two weeks. So unless he leaves today and comes out here today, and um, <laughs> he's not gonna have that two week. Okay, uh, I mean time. that's fine. But KD could do it by himself if he if he really needs to. Let's you be know, honest. KD is really it's really fascinating because I feel like every superstar that the Raptors play against has almost a press conference where they're like, I hate, I hate playing the Raptors because of Nick Nurse's ways to just shut us down. Um, and that's almost universal, except I just don't feel like KD's ever been bothered. I just feel like he's yeah. the one person who's like, I just shoot it over everybody. So that's yeah, you can shoot over <laughs> anyone. Um, but it's going to be interesting if we do do the, get the plan to see a uh, Scotty uh, guarding uh, KD, that's going to be interesting. So um, what, what on a scale of one to 10, how, you know what? I'm not going to ask that question because I feel like that's a jinx. And you know what? I'm in my non-jinxing bag. So I'm not even going to ask that question. So the next no. question I'm going to ask is the bench production. Mm. How confident or worried? What's your worry meter on the bench production? Now, mind you, Armani Brooks has looked great. Precious. I like Ar- Armani. I hope that we sign him. Like he's he's done a really good job. Like literally all we need for our backup. Like, Sfi's lost his job at this point, right? To attend a. He's doing everything. Armani, Armani's been so much fun. So knowing that you have a guy like Armani Brooks coming off the bench, and granted, yeah. we're talking about playoff minutes, not regular season games. Yeah. Uh, I, but Armani does not seem scared of the moment at all. all. No. Very confident. And even when his shot's not falling, it almost looks like he knows he's going to get pulled if he stands still. So yes. he is just always moving. Because I think Nurse told him, I do not want you standing in one place. I will play six game. men and only I will six of you. them. Ask the rest of them if they're... Ask them the last time they played and see if I will bench you. Absolutely. He knows. He knows. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited for the kid. He's really good. I'm worried about the bench in the sense that, like, what, Malachi's injured and God knows mm. when he's going to get healthy again. We The rest... The rest of the bench can't shoot. So on a scale of one to ten, pretty much the only person who can. Oh God, I'm at a nine for the bench. To be honest, I'm at a nine because, like, here's the thing: like, Armani's playing great right now in the regular season, absolutely. But the playoffs are a whole other, other beast. And um, if the player who's supposed to be hitting the the threes is, can't hit one for his life. Um, gonna act up in the G League. Gonna drop 40 in the G League, but can't hit one. Okay. That's neither here nor there. We don't have, we really don't have a bench, to be honest. And so when like a Pascal has to sit, when a Freddie has to sit, things get shaking. You kind of see that, you saw that a little bit today. Um, so for me, when things kind of slow down in the playoffs, this bench is not a bench that like gives me any kind of confidence, to be honest. That's fair. So we're so on a scale of one ten, you said a nine. Okay, so where I'm at with it is once again, it kind of ties in with each other. I think if Fred is healthy and OG is healthy, then Precious is now a bench player. Right. Um, And then you have Precious, you have Boucher, you have Kem, and you have Armani Brooks. 
So looking at it like that, I'm like, okay, the Raptors have something there, but I'm with you in terms of like the scoring and the shooting. I think that that's something. So um, to me, it's like, I'm with you. The lack of shooting on the bench is going to be an issue unless Boucher just continue. Boucher and Precious are just the two greatest shooters ever. But um, outside of that, I think also um, the issue that I kind of feels like the, in order for me to feel confident in the bench, there's almost like this like go-to scorer that I would like the Raptors to have off the bench because the Raptors half-court offense can get so stale. Yeah. And so just knowing that you can toss in the bench and have another look, especially offensively, um, yeah. uh, provide another look is just not something that I feel like the Raptors bench has. And that's something yeah. that I think that they're missing. Um, and, and so some shooting and some scoring in particular, especially just like, cause we see it sometimes in half court sets, the Raptors just get so bogged down and it feels like it's so impossible for them to get anything. No spacing at all. There's no spacing and there's just no guy who can like get a bucket. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you just need that coming off the bench. And usually those guys are giant liabilities on the defensive end, which is why, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Nigeria has kind of stayed away (laughs) from that archetype. Definitely. But also just like looking at this bench, I'm kind of worried about how they'll look offensively. One of my favorite things is seeing some of the hybrid lineups with Scotty and the bench, Pascal and the bench, Fred and the bench. So just seeing some more hybrid lineups, but all of that really just depends on the starting lineup being healthy. So like to me, everything kind of falls back on how healthy can the starting lineup be. And I still think that there's a cap on how good the bench can be with just how many limitations there are it feels like for every limitation for every like positive basically hold on because every player is the same type of player they all have the same strengths and they all have the same liabilities which means the holes that the raptors have are never getting filled because the same guy has the same you know (laughs) skill set as the other guy the same liability as the other guy next to him so that hole just never gets filled and so there's always a little bit of a cap on how good I think the Raptors bench can be Mm -hmm. um and that makes me a little bit worried for the team um but in terms of bench production as long as the starters are healthy I'm gonna go back to the five because also come playoff time you're gonna rely less you're you're only gonna really that's true that's true no then that's when my 40 minutes is like okay that's normal it's not a game in january nicholas that's fine to do (laughs) um are are we blaming nicholas for fred being injured right now because part of me uh, did he do we really need to play those did he really need to play all those minutes in january did he did he nicholas did he there was who was a point guard you just you just lose. The I feel like, like what, then we what saw kind of, Malachi finally cu- play a couple of games. I'm, w- I'm with gave you him that. enough think, minutes, and he started looking like a point guard. Right? I, so I like, agree. I think I think Malachi should like, played more. Maybe if you'd played Malachi a little bit, like I'm not saying give him a whole game. Lord knows, I would have been pissed off if I saw Malachi the game for you know more than ten minutes at a time, but. I think those 10 minutes could have avoided someone an injury late in the season now that we're going into the playoffs. Like, I just, I don't know. Uh, So I did want to pivot to some other things that you may be worried about. But moving Mm -hmm. away from the Raptors and taking a look at the league as a whole. So there was a little bit of a kerfuffle, a scuffle, Mm -hmm. a Bruhaha, I don't know words. There was a little bit of a back and forth between Udonis Haslam and Jimmy Butler. 
yeah. Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra. Yeah. Um, with the Miami Heat bench, you got Kyle Lowry trying to call a timeout during a timeout, probably between his team. They didn't notice that. Um, yeah. But it seemed like things, some, 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 some uh, harsh feelings there, but I don't know. Uh, how worried are you about that? Especially considering the Heat are the one seed in the Eastern Conference and they were losing that game to a Stephen Curry, Draymond Green, Green Clay Thompson list. Golden State Warriors. I mean, I and it's never fun to lose. And I think they've lost a couple of games. So, you know, feelings are kind of hurt and people are a little frustrated. But I don't think that's a reason to kind of, you know, they're the number one seed for a reason, right? And I think a lot of people aren't giving the Heat enough respect for what they've managed to do. Um, they're a very scary team. I do not want to play the Heat. Like, I'm going to be sick if I see Heat next to the Raptors in any kind of reference to the playoffs. Like, I do not want to play the Heat, okay? Um, so am I worried about that little whatever um, that they had on the bench? No. Like, they're like brothers. They probably, you know, you fight yeah. with your, your your brother all the time. You fight with your sibling. Like, it's it's natural. People are going to get on your nerves. They're going to cuss. Sometimes it's going to be in front of a camera. Hey, you know, um, I don't think that's their number one seed for a reason. And I think. Uh, so yeah, on a scale of one to 10, what are you giving it? A one. I'm not. I'm like, with you. I need more fire. I need more like. I'm you know, with background. you. If, if, I'm, you know, the, go ahead. I'm with you because of what you said. For one, I think they are sort of like brothers in that way. And also we know that like. So Draymond Green, I just talked about the Warriors. Warriors just beat them. But the game before that, the Warriors had lost to the Orlando Magic. And Draymond yeah. Green had comments in the media calling the team soft and all sorts of things. And I think yeah. that level of like a little bit more passive aggressiveness, even though it's not totally passive aggressive because he's saying it to the media. And I'm sure Draymond Green would not, you know, not say it to his teammates as well. I'm pretty sure he got in their faces about that, too. And it clearly yeah. showed in the way that yeah. they were able to beat the, uh, the Heat. But I feel like there's sometimes a level of passive aggressiveness that happens through media speak that Jimmy Butler has never been for. You know, every story I've heard about Jimmy Butler, he's not for that. And we know from we know Udonis Haslam's not about that either. So I think the fact that they were just sort of able to get it out, I think there's a level of respect, level mutual respect there. And I think them getting it out is just because they're not the types to bite their tongue. So they're gonna say what they want to say. And I think they are also able to move past that. That's something that Jimmy Butler has shown and everything that we know about Udonis Haslam is that that's what he culture is. But like, so I'm not too worried about that. I still think it's hilarious because when I watched the clip, I, I wasn't watching the game. I didn't realize that was happening with time still like going on. Like, I thought it was like, oh, end of the game, you know, oh, guys the end of the set, game and storm uh, out. Yeah. I'm like, what? There's a game happening. So I thought that's that was really funny. funny. Uh, and I also think it's hilarious that like Eric Spolstra clearly took a side and it was UD side. <laughs> that's weird. That's the part that, that I'm like, weird. that's weird. You're like the teacher. Teachers don't take sides. Right. You're supposed to be like, you're supposed to be like, neutral, calm like, down. You're supposed to be playing down, the Kyle Lowry role. Calm calm the time Lowry now, was Eric. killing me the entire time. He's Eric, like, this is your job. Y'all chill? This is your job. Time out, y'all. <laughs> oh, um, so, so not that worried about the Heat. Now, we talked about the Nets already, but I want to know how worried are you about them? Kyrie is going to be able to play as long as the games are not happening in Toronto. But Ben Simmons, 
Ben Simmons is still not healthy. Apparently he has an irritation of the L4 disc or herniated disc or something. I don't know. That was reported by Adrian Wojnarowski and Ramona Shelburne of ESPN. So there's no timeline or timetable for him. And if we're talking about Fred and OG not having that much time to get better, Ben Simmons, who's not played a single minute of basketball with his team and is still not ready to be back on the court. Are you worried at all about the Nets? Any team that Katie's on, I'm worried about. I'm never not going to be worried about. So, I mean, like, you're not worried for them. It's like a one, you're saying? Yeah, for the rest of the team, I'm, I'm, it's like, who, how are they going to defend mm-hmm. anything, right? Um, but if the offense is hidden, I don't think that really matters. <laughs> like, and to be honest, given our half court sets, I, we're going to go through laws where we can't make a shot. It's not just even just about the Raptors. What if they're facing the heat or they're facing the bucks? Like how worried are you for them? Mm. I don't. Okay. I'll say this. I don't, I'm not entirely sure that they're getting out of the East. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a hard out, but I don't necessarily think, I, I don't think the team has, there's just too much going, too many moving pieces. Mm-hmm. And like an integral part of your team is injured. We don't know if he's going to even be back for the play. There's just too much going on for them to kind of really gel in time to make a real push. But I do think they're going to be a hard exit for anybody that plays them because Kyrie is Kyrie and KD is KD, right? I agree. Um, So if you had to rate it on a scale of one to 10, how worried does this Simmons injury make you for them? I'll say a six. Okay. I think that's Uh, fair. You know, I think they'll still make still make a very like decent run in the playoffs. I don't think Ben Simmons is gonna be the the piece that wins them or loses them any series. To be honest, um, he helps. I'm not gonna deny his talent. He helps, but I don't think he's the the piece that wins them. I also think that there's just not enough time for them to have even integrated him anyway. Yeah. And so, to me, the way that I look at the Ben Simmons deal is a next year thing for them uh, and sort of a more long-term as opposed to this season. So for this season, I'm with you. I think there's way too much going on with the Nets for them to be a real contender this season. I feel like it's very rare that we have a contender that has this much noise circling them. Things just don't seem to be clicking between just, I don't know, all of it. This just does not feel like their year. Uh, And also like being in the play-in is really risky. I would pick the Nets over anyone in the play-in tournament, but you just need one game where Trey Young gets hot or one game where LaMelo goes off. And like, you know, so- Anything is possible with one game. Anything is possible, so. Anything is possible with one game. And and so that's just like, there's just too many obstacles for them to get past in order for me to truly trust them. So my worry, I think the same as you, uh, is what I'd rank them. And finally- we have the Milwaukee Bucks that are healthy with having Brooke Lopez back. They're four and one since his return. How mm. worried are you for everyone else in the East that the Bucks are finally healthy for the first time in a long time? I think the Bucks are coming out of the East. Mm. I think one, they they want a championship. They're gonna want to defend that championship. And Giannis is Giannis. Uh, we saw what he did in last year's playoffs and I think people have forgotten how good that that man is um 
And if that team is gelling, they come out of the East. Absolutely. If that that's team fun. Jealous. I I still think it's gonna be heat, and I'm starting to I'm starting. You to think buy it's gonna be heat? I'm starting. I'm to not buy saying some that the heat. I'm starting to buy some Celtics. Stock. I'm. You know what? I can buy some Celtics Celtics stock too. Like they, I'm gonna be pissed about it. It's gonna. It's okay. They're not gonna win. The Suns, Chris Paul. I'd rather the back. Heat get out of the out of the East, come out of the East, than the yeah. fucking Celtics. I cannot. I. No. 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 But I can I can see it happening. The Celtics are legit. They're, they're, they're legit. legit. And I think the Raptors are like a year away from really entering that sort of mm. and just pieces. Yeah. The this what the Celtics have over the Raptors. Like yeah. I said, they've been healthier than the Raptors um the second half of the year, and they have um they just have more depth. Bringing in a yeah. guy like Derek White was really great for them. So they have more depth and they're healthier, which is why I sort of think that they're in that other tier. But I know that this Raptors team. With Scotty and Pascal and Fred uh, and OG and Gary Trent really look to have such a bright future next season. So it'll be really, really fun. But that doesn't mean that things aren't over for them this year. I still think that they're going to make some noise uh, and they're going to be the team that no one wants to face in the play-in or in the playoffs. Yeah, agreed. Like, yeah, I would not want to face the Raptors at all. They look terrifying. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you everyone for listening and catch us next week.